Don't miss it. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Don. All right. I'm just going to walk over here because um, I met our guest speaker last night for the first time. But I felt like we connected real easily because actually I've been watching your video blogs. And I thought, I like that girl. But uh, let me just read some of her uh, to help introduce who she is to you. Some of the many hats worn by Karen, our wife, mother, daughter, life coach, mentor, teacher, student, pastor, leader, and friend. And she's been married to the love of her life, Scott Hagen, for 35 years. They have four grown children. You're going to get a chance to see them. And they have five grandchildren, so we had a lot to talk about last night over dinner. <laughs> and um, she says that uh, they have co-pastored for 35 years, most recently at Real Life Church, which they planted in Sacramento, um, California. We flew her in from Minneapolis, Minnesota, though, to be with us here this morning because her husband is serving as president at North Central University. And I think that's plenty. <laughs> so would you help me welcome Karen Hagen this morning? We're so blessed to have her. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I actually have six grandchildren. Yeah, we're multiplying like rabbits in my family. It's just unbelievable. I thought when I had that one, I was like, I have just absolutely arrived. Like I've lost my mind and now I've got so many. Tom, could you put up, is Tom back there? Yeah. Okay. Whoever's in charge, could you put up that first slide? I need to um, introduce to you my, my life right there. Um, we have four kids. I have a daughter and four sons right up there. And so my daughter Jocelyn is uh, the oldest and um, she is right next to me. She married Marcelo, who is from Brazil. He's not a missionary. He's actually from Brazil. So he actually, you know, um, we always joke about the fact that when your sons get married, um, it's like an addition to the family. But when your daughter gets married, it's like an abduction. And he literally stole her heart and took her to Brazil. So she actually lives in Brazil right now. And um, so then right next to her is my youngest son, Spencer. And that's his wife, Brianna, and their little baby, uh, Spencer Jr. We call him Buggy Jr. Um, and then to, that's my handsome husband, the tall one in the middle. Then my son to the right of him is Tyler. He's my oldest son. And uh, his, wa his wife is Nicole. And she had, they have two kids, Elias and Gemma. And then next to him is my middle son, Kramer. And Kramer is uh, recently engaged, thank God. He's my last one. And if you get put up the next picture, he's um, marrying this. No, not her. Wait, the other one. That is his wife-to-be, uh, Becky. And she has the cutest two little boys that we are. If you notice, we have um, a multicultural family. Um, our heart in ministry has been the church that looks like heaven. And now we have a family that looks like heaven. And now God is allowing us to uh, bring in and adopt in two little uh, boys that don't have a godly heritage, don't have a father. And um, my son is now their daddy, and they, they're getting married in March. So she has an incredible testimony, which I don't have time to go into, but you can come see me afterwards. It's unbelievable testimony of what God has done in her life. And then, now because I don't have five grandchildren, I have six that is my little scrawny little girl, Olivia, and she was born about a month ago in Brazil. My daughter had her first little girl, and um, so I had, I've spent a month with her in Brazil, and so she, that's her woman power picture. 
She is awesome. So I am just, like I said, I have lost my mind. And um, it's all about the grandkids. How many grandmas do we have in the room? Yeah, gosh. Isn't grand, isn't it, it's everything that they said it was. It's everything that they said it was. So I am so excited to be here in Grand Rapids with you. It's my first time really to come back and to actually be able to minister um, in this place that I lived for five years. We lived here for five years in Pastor GR first and um, it was an incredible experience. It's great to have Pastor Don here, Pastor Neva here, and Pastor Rasheen here. These are my, my peeps and um, they come from all different places and God is um, doing great things for each, through each and every one of them. But um, today... Uh, I felt like God really put a message on my heart. Uh, it's kind of unusual, but um, I, I'm recently turned 55. Actually, yeah, recently turned 55. I'm a grandma. How many know that things happen when you're in, like, in your 50s? Things start to change, right? It's kind of an interesting phenomena, and um, stuff stops, stuff starts. It's just, uh, it's just unbelievable the transformation that takes place. And you have to work twice as hard to get half the results. And, um, and so as a result of just, you know, I'm, I'm a um, person who's always worked out. Me and Pastor Don have this in ongoing competition of who's lost more weight and who's, who's got bigger muscles. And we're constantly competing with one another. But um, has anybody been on the Internet and, like, Facebook and, and you have been sucked into all of the opportunities that we have as middle-aged women to improve our outward body. Has anybody ever gotten sucked into one of those ads? I mean, the ads that I'm talking about are like the 30-day challenge ads. Like, um, the, there's five simple ways to tighten your skin. 15 exercises to shrink your tummy. Five ways to increase your energy. Uh, five minutes a day on these exercises and you will lose the bloat. Four um, types of food that if you will eat these every day, it's going to transform your body. Three times a day, if you will eat this food, your body will guarantee to lose 10 pounds in one week. Has anybody ever been, am I on by myself in this? So as a result of, the, of all of these opportunities, because I'm always looking for that free way to get what I need to get in order to get my results, you know, now I have like every day 76 different emails that come into my email box and I have to, you know, delete every one of them because who has time? I mean, this is like 49 things I have to do before I even open my Bible on a daily basis just to transform my outer, outer life, you know. And there's always like seven clicks to get in and you get so deep into that website and then you get stuck in this hour-long presentation because they're telling you, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this. Let me just show you. It takes an hour. And then you realize that you're not going to find that answer until you pay $69.95. <laughs> and then you will have the answer. And I've never been able to get all the way past that hour-long video to get the $69.95. And plus, I'm too cheap. So I want you to tell me how to transform my body outwardly for free. Just tell me. Don't go through that hour-long trans transformation video. It's just crazy. So outward transformation is a big deal when you're in your 50s. I don't know. I, I, I've been in my 20s. I've been in my 30s. I know it's always important for all of us. But today we're not going to talk about outward transformation. We want to talk about inward transformation. Amen? That whole uh, worship set, so powerful. The girl in the orange sweater, so anointed. Is she still here? What's her name? What's the, the worship girl with? 
Amy, Amy, wow, she brought heaven, amen? She brought heaven this morning. But that's just my life right there. I mean, to understand the truth of heaven coming down to earth. How many know that it's not, heaven doesn't come because we are all gathered together. Because heaven comes onto this earth through us. We are the conduit of bringing the rule and the reign of heaven through, it comes through us onto this earth. And a lot of times we, we um, sing that, you know, the Bible says, um, talks about it in Matthew, you know, Jesus preached it, um, heaven and earth, all of it. And, but we don't understand, like, what, is that, what does that mean? It sounds really great in a song, but what does that really mean? And so I want to talk, talk to you about that today. The title of my message is The Wonder Woman Effect. Anybody ever seen Wonder Woman? Am I among friends here? So I want to start out. My husband, um, when we were pastoring, uh, we had uh, some of our nieces and nephews that came to the, the church with us. And Ari was one of my favorite little guys. And one morning he came into the, to, to Scott's office. And he sat down. And Scott had this huge Bible on his desk. And he goes, he goes Uncle Scott, he goes, I'm going to read the word. And so he had him sit down right next to his desk, and he said, okay, Ari, you go ahead. You read the word. And he opens the Bible, and he goes, this is what he said. He goes, don't ever pick your nose. The end, and he closed the Bible, and he walked out. Don't ever pick your nose. And I thought, don't you wish it was just that easy? To transform just on the inside of us. Don't you wish it was just that easy? I had a um, question brought to me a couple weeks ago when I was on a panel. And um, it was really an interesting question. And the, and the question was, what would you tell your 21-year-old self? Do we have any 21-year-old women in the room? Okay. What would you tell your 21-year-old self? That was the question that I had to answer. What would you tell your 21-year-old self? And so I thought about it for quite a while, and so um, I came up with my answer. And first of all, well, you know, I had to encourage myself in the Lord because the Bible tells you that you need to encourage yourself in the Lord. So the first thing I said to myself, or I told them, was um, my first thing is, I am Wonder Woman. That's my first thing. I'm going to encourage myself and tell you that I am Wonder Woman. And the second thing is, is I'm going to kick myself in the butt And say, Karen, you need to learn how to use the tools that you've been given. You need to learn how to use the tools that you've been given. I was on a flight coming home from that um, event and uh, getting ready to just pull out my study books. And I love to study when I'm in the air. For some reason, God speaks to me when I'm really high. I I just love to get high in the air. There's like no responsibility, no kids I have to take care of, no nothing I have to do. And I just can hear from the Lord. And so I'm getting my books out and I look up and it's one of those um, places that, one of those uh, airplanes that has the movies. And um, it said that Wonder Woman was playing and the Holy Spirit said, I want you to watch Wonder Woman. And I was like, well, you know, but that's not like spiritual, God, and, and I need to study, you know. And he goes, no, I really, I want you to watch Wonder Woman. And how many know when God tells you to watch a superhero movie, 
you better, first of all, do it. Second of all, you need to get your binder out because he's going to tell you something about this superhero movie. You know, and I don't, I, who likes superhero movies? I, I never watch them. I don't, the only one I had ever seen was Wonder Woman. And so during the flight, I watched this Wonder Woman movie, and it was so inspiring. How many have seen Wonder Woman? Raise your hand high. It was so inspiring, and I learned so much. And so the, the movie opens up with this daughter, uh, this daughter of the queen. Her name is Princess Diana, and, and, and her mom is the queen of the Amazon women. It's, and and um, she's super young, and, and the, the movie opens up, and she's, like, she's just fighting. She's just watching the, the Amazon women, and she's just, you know, copying everything that they're doing. And she just wants to be trained. She wants to learn how to do what they're doing. But her mom won't let her because her mom is afraid she loves her too much, she says. I, I love her too much. I don't want her to fight because her mom was in denial because there was this bad guy named Aries out there, and she's saying, Aries is never going to be a problem to us. I don't want her to fight. I don't want her to ever get hurt, so we're not going to train her. And her aunt comes in, who is the head of the army, and she says, no, she says, I love her, therefore I have no choice but to train her. I have no choice but to train her because she must be ready. She must understand. And um, as I heard that phrase, I said that is a key phrase that we need to understand as women of God. We have to be ready and we have to understand. And so as she began to train behind her mother's back, she began to train and she began to grow in not only her confidence because her confidence was there. I mean, she wanted to fight. She wanted to go after it. But she began to learn and hone her skill as she trained and her resolve. And she began to understand uh, who she was, who she was. And so she had, as she was training, she just was discovering how she had every single tool that she needed for every single situation. She had the sword. She had the shield. She had this magic rope that was so awesome. And, um, but then she also discovered something very powerful. She had a superpower, a superpower that she didn't know about. She didn't even fully understand what it was, but when she used it, it literally slayed the room. Everybody stopped in their tracks when she used this. She used it by accident because she really didn't know what it was. It was when she went like this. And I tried to get some Wonder Woman garb, but I just didn't have time. It would have been fun to have those things on. And by the end of the movie, I won't give it to you, the total end, but once she understood fully who she was, because she was more than an Amazon woman, she was, and, and she learned who she was, she discovered she was fully trained. She was out doing what she was supposed to be doing. She understood what her superpower was. And when she understood what her superpower was, she absolutely took down the enemy. No questions asked. Not even an issue. She took the enemy down. So if I were to tell you what I would tell my 21-year-old self, it would be to stop trying, Karen, to convince God of what you are not. Believe in who you are. Believe in who you are. 1 John 4.18 says this. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect, is not 
perfected in love. It doesn't mean that they don't have perfect love. It means they're not perfected in the perfect love. So if perfect love casts out fear, why do we all struggle with fear? I mean, in a room, in, in a room of women this size, the fear monitor could be very high in a lot. We may not see it in you, but th- how many know that in your, in your private world, there's a lot of things that we fear. We fear stepping out. We fear rejection. We fear abandonment. We fear, some people have a fear of flying. Some people have a fear of heights. Some people have a fear of large crowds. Some people have a fear of losing control. Can I get an amen? And so we fear so much. But what we have to understand as believers is that perfect love is not a feeling. It's a superpower. Perfect love is a superpower that we have. Let me explain. See, we are, we were created, okay? We were created completely equipped, fully loved, and completely complete. Every woman in this room was created completely equipped, fully loved, and completely complete. What does that mean? That means every single one of us, way back at the beginning of time, when God created man, he created him with his image, In his image. That means you are created with all of God inside of you. God loved you so much that he literally equipped you with himself. That should get an amen. I don't know about you, but that's like a big deal. Okay? I am made in the image of God. That means all, if you try to think about that, it will blow your mind. You just need, that's your assignment for this week. Meditate on all of God being inside of you. And you think about who God is and what he has and what he's created, all of that has been placed inside of you. We were made in the image of God, and we've been given full access to all of his power, all of his presence, and, all, and, and we hear his voice on a continual basis. This is the inheritance of the believer. This is who you are. This is what you have, full access. And you've been given the Holy Spirit at salvation, it was, he was awakened inside of you to empower you to live as though you understood that you are the conduit that brings heaven to earth. So we've been created with this, this, the image of God, full access, given empowerment by the Holy Spirit. Like it says in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5, we all know the scripture. For though we live in the flesh, we do not war or wage war according to the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are not The weapons of this world. Anybody ever tried to fight the battle with the weapons that you have in this world? Anybody ever tried to just kind of like use your own control, use your own, what do I have in my intellect to try to figure this out? The weapons that we fight with, because we have the weapons and the tools available to us, are not of this world. Instead, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We tear down arguments. Has anybody in this room ever argued with God? Anybody, do I have friends here today? Anybody ever just pulled out an argument? I've had fist fights with God. I'm talking, I am, I'm a pretty flexible person, woman, but I am stubborn. I am a stubborn woman, and I have had some pretty intense arguments with God because I was so convinced that I was not good enough for him to use me. I was so completely and totally believing that that the phrase, I can't, was like my lead phrase. I can't do that. 
No, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not smart enough. I'm not, I'm too simple. God, you created me and, and you did not equip me with, I had all of the excuses, all of the reasons. I was so bound with fear for the majority of my life that it ticks me off now when I see anybody who struggles with fear because I know what that feels like and I know that God has provided everything that we need. I've argued with him that I don't have any giftings, that, that, um, that I didn't grow up in the right environment, so, that it, so I, I'm limited in what I can do. I'm, God, I'm too shy. Lord, you made me too quiet. I'm an introvert. I'm shy. I don't, I'm not good with people. I don't know what to say. What if I don't remember? I had so many arguments with God. What I've done, God can't forgive. God is punishing me because of what happened or what I did. God can't use me because I didn't pray enough today. Anybody ever had that argument? Yeah, well, I didn't read my words, so he's not working in me. How many are just have those thoughts? We have those thoughts, right? People may not see it on the outside, but we all have those inner thoughts that we argue with God. And that's what I have come here today, and this is the passion of my heart, is to defy the lies of the enemy in our, in our thought life. And so I am constantly and continually have to tear down the arguments. I have to attack the presumptions that I have about God. And so I have, I, I, because now I recognize I've been empowered by the Holy Spirit to be able to do that. He's given me the tools. And then I've also been empowered to face difficulty. Anybody ever walk through difficulty? The word says to count it all joy. Consider it all joy when you encounter various trials. How many hate that scripture? That's just like, God, what are you weird? What are you doing? But it says to count it all joy when you face that difficulty and that trial and that temptation in front of you. What that literally means in James 1, it means to lead with authority over your trials. Lead with authority over your trials as though they were a sheer gift. Okay, can, am I blowing your mind right now? Because you're like, I'm, I was not thinking that that's what that meant. Lead with authority through your trial. So that means your trial doesn't get you. You get the trial. You battle the trial with confidence because you have the authority. So it says, and, and as you battle that, as you walk through it with joy, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. Endurance means a patient, steadfast waiting for. How many love to wait? We don't like to wait. So he's saying lead with authority. And as you lead with authority through that, you will trust God in the waiting. You will be able to understand that God is working in that trial, in that temptation, because you are fully grown, because there is no place of want or lack in your life, but complete abundance. That's what that means. You don't have to worry about what is coming your way because you lead with authority, because you know who you are. You know what you have. See, that there's been a plan in place since creation. God created us, you and I with full provision inside of us. You have full provision for every single thing that you need. But the enemy also has a plan, right? 
And he's been in the business of deceiving ever since before creation started. And he started with Eve, who literally, her name means life. He deceived her into bringing death. He's good. The enemy's good at lying, but he has no authority. He has no authority in your life, and I want you to hear this, okay? Because so many times we think that we don't have the power, but we have the authority over the enemy. He has no authority, but he is powerful. He caused Eve to doubt, the one who was fully made life. She was, she was one with God, and he allowed her because she had a conversation with the enemy to doubt what God, who God was and what he provided. But the enemy is going to cause, he's a liar, and he's going to cause you to do everything he can to cause you to doubt. He's going to bully you. He will press you. He will wear you down until you begin to believe that what he is saying to you is true. So if you're spending time with a thought in your mind that does not line up with the word of God, you're actually beginning to give him authority in your life. As you entertain those thoughts and you don't um, check them according to the word of God, you begin to entertain those thoughts. You begin to become comfortable with that idea. That's how you give authority to the enemy. He doesn't have authority, but he can gain authority in our life if you will believe his lie. If you will believe his lie. When you believe the liar, the lie, you empower the liar in your life. When you believe the lie, you begin to empower. So he's going to go after your past. He's going to go after your family, your surroundings that you think limit, limit who you are. He's going to dig up anything and everything. He's going to begin to seed your thoughts with doubt because he knows, he knows where the mind goes, the woman will follow. He's working overtime on your thought life. He wants you to be distracted with comparing yourself with everybody else, bringing up every negative situation, every time you were rejected, every time you were mistreated, every time you were wronged, every time you were hurt. He wants to bury you in victimization until it becomes your identity. He wants to cause you to blame everybody else so that you never look at yourself for healing. But he's a liar. He's a deceiver. See, but when God speaks to us, this is how you know the difference. When God speak to us, speaks to us, there's never any condemnation. Because what God says to you, he's not dealing with your... your um, dead old self. He's dealing with your spirit man, and he's calling you up to who you are. He doesn't condemn you, but you will feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit because he's wanting you to come up to who you are and to act according to what you have and what he has given to you. See, I spent way too much of my life, and that's why it ticks me off, trying to get, get the tools, get everything that, that praying for peace seeking victory, um, trying to be an overcomer. I, I spent way too much time trying to overcome my fear. But I was using my own tools, my own intellect. I spent time asking God for joy. God, give me the joy of the Lord. Give me peace. Give, help me to overcome depression and the healing from rejection. And my prayers always came from a place of lack. 
always came from a place of lack because I did not understand perfect love. And I would talk to him and I would pray. It was almost like I was on the outside of the bubble trying to get in. If I was good enough, if I prayed enough, if I had read the Bible more, if I had meditated enough, maybe God would answer my prayer. Help me get this, God. Help me get this. And he's like, you know what? I already gave it to you. You already have it. I've already done that prayer. So what does perfect love include? It includes a complete, full-grown, mature, and finished work. Coming from a completed place, lacking nothing. Everything in perfect love is about tools and access and um, abundance and no lack. Everything about perfect love. Perfect love gives you full access. What does that mean? That means that I am not stuck at the cross anymore. Now, I know we, we always say we need to come to the cross. And yes, we do come to the cross. God, I'm coming to the cross and I'm seeking your forgiveness. But can I kind of do a little bit of a switch up in your mind? I don't ask for forgiveness anymore. Now I come to the Lord and I repent of the thing that I know I have done. And I receive his forgiveness because he's already given it to us. It's a whole mindset shift. So I don't spend all of my time and waste all of my energy trying to seek something that he has already given. I repent. I go to the Lord. I repent. And then I receive the forgiveness and I move forward. So now the cross is not my focal point. The cross is my access point. Because that cross gave me the ability to go into the presence of God, to walk fully into the throne room of God. And that doesn't go away as the believer. When I make a mistake or I blow it, I'm not back at the cross now trying to knock on the door getting back in. I've been given full access, and I've been given full authority. See, perfect love and how God deals with us is he doesn't focus on trying to improve our old self. Ladies, your old self is dead. It's been crucified. The Bible says we were crucified with Christ. So what does that mean? That means all of the power that you think you have, that that you think has authority over you, all the power of all of your weaknesses and all of those things that you struggle with, God has already killed that. So literally there is no power over you that you cannot overcome. Does that make sense? So you have full authority over all that. And then he says, now live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Galatians 5. God doesn't focus on your old man. He's focusing on your new man. And he's calling you up. And he says, live by the Spirit. So we don't live according to what not to do anymore. I'm always trying to not sin. I'm always trying to not do this. No, I'm living according to what I can do and what I do do is as life in the spirit, according to who I am. Who am I? I am a woman who has the mind of Christ. I walk with the mysteries of God at my disposal. I have wisdom and revelation. I don't pray, God, give me wisdom. I say, God, show me your wisdom. So that I can function and walk in it. Reveal what is inside of me. I have the revelation of God. The Bible says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared, what God has given to those who love him. 
But God has revealed them by his spirit. Who has the spirit of God inside of them? We do. He's revealed that to us. The spirit searches the deep things of God. So we have those mysteries at our disposal. We've been given the armor of God. So I put on the helmet of salvation in the morning. And that means that I'm walking in my salvation. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, which reminds me that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I don't have to, under, I don't have to uh, go under the weight of not being good enough. No, I'm the, God sees me as his righteousness. I have truth girded around my uh, core, around my, the belt of truth. I have the sword of the spirit. I have the word of God ready to fight the battle with, and I have the shield of faith. Then I also have the fruit of the spirit, ladies. This is probably one of the most powerful weapons that you have. It not only is for you, but it's for everybody that you come in contact with. Galatians 5 says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, Peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many know self-control has to be at the end because you have to go through all those things to be able to have self-control, right? He goes, against such things, there's no law. You don't even have to have law. You don't have to have rules and regulations if you're functioning in what God has given you as the fruit of the Spirit. That means when I walk into the room, I'm not saying, God, you got to give me peace. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing here. No, I walk into the room with peace. I bring peace into the room because the peace of God is inside of me. I walk into a room where people are depressed, and I know that I'm bringing the joy of the Lord inside of me. I'm going to bring that into a situation. Ladies, I have seen it happen. When I walk into a, strug- a, a place where people are freaking out, and I say, no, we are going to pray. And immediately, as I, um, as I function in what God has given to me, the peace of God comes into that situation. Is it because we pray? No, it's because I am a kingdom woman of God. And I understand what is inside of me. Each one of you bring in the fruit of the Spirit. You bring in all that God is into every situation. Isn't that a powerful understanding? Not only do you bring it in, but you can now allocate it to everybody around you. So you never have to go off on anybody because God has given you kindness. You don't ever have to be mean. You don't ever have to tell anybody off because you walk with the joy. I'm going to allocate love to you. I'm going to, I'm going to operate in self-control as I deal with you because how many know sometimes you just got to do that? With your kids, with your husband. Come on, somebody. God has given us every single thing that we need, not only for ourselves, but for us to go and influence our community, the people that we come in contact with. We become perfected in perfect love when we understand what perfect love is. It is a superpower. It is a superpower. It's about receiving and believing what you've been given. At the end of the movie, Wonder Woman has getting ready to take out the enemy. She's getting ready to, she realizes who she is. And she says this incredible line. She says, you know what? It's not about what you deserve. It's about what you believe. What do you believe about yourself, ladies? What do you believe about yourself? We have to understand perfect love. And as you understand and become perfected in perfect love, it will cast out fear. It will cast out depression. Do you, do you 
um, it's not a feeling, it's a superpower. You have to understand, you have to rehearse. You have to learn the word and know it inside of you and receive it for who, um, that it's yours. God has so much for us as believers. And he wants us to go and bring heaven to earth. Not just in this building. It's not for this building. It's each one of you going into the place that you are called to, whether it's a teaching or a mom or you're a CEO of an organization or you're a, you run a bank or you're whatever it is that you do, God says you are the conduit. You bring the rule and the realm of heaven into every environment. So all the wisdom of God, all the revelation, it's all at your disposal, ladies. Isn't that awesome? Do you understand you receive that word today because it's for every single one of you. There's two ways that you, you become free. You have to get free, and then you have to stay free. And this is how you stay free. I have a couple of questions that we're going to do in, in table time, but before I uh, relinquish the mic, I want to just pray over you today. So God, thank you, Father, for your word. Lord, I believe that you are making it more real to us as we uh, hear the truth. God, I pray, Father, that every woman in here, Lord, would understand, Father, that she is Wonder Woman. She has the superpower. She is walking with everything that God has for her. It's already been given to her. It's for her now to release into this world and to release into her world. So, God, I pray that you would bless Father, continue to reveal, Lord God. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying as we live by your spirit. And we thank you, God, in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen.